Guys, do you want thicker, fuller hair? Do you desire lustrous, luscious locks that you can run your fingers through? Maybe a full head of hair makes you feel attractive. Perhaps a full head of hair boosts your confidence and self-esteem. Whatever your reasons, if you have started to experience hair loss, there is good news. Because there are effective, FDA-approved treatments that work. One is a prescription clinically proven to prevent further loss. The other is clinically proven to regrow your hair in two to four months. And both are available from Roman for just a dollar a day. Just complete a free online visit. Roman connects you to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional who will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Then Roman sends everything you need right to your door with free shipping and indiscreet packaging. So guys, are you Roman ready for a thicker, fuller head of hair? Go to ro.co slash fuller. Do it today and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's ro.co slash fuller. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. This is Old School. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. You're listening to Old School on 93.7 The Ticket. I am Nate Brennan. He is Eric Strickland, the Husker Hall of Famer, nine-year NBA vet. 4024 I'm not Jay Starter human text line. <laughs> Hondo of Lincoln Hotline. No, I'm not Derek Pearson. No, he is not Jay Foreman. But we've got a surprise for you guys. It's 5 o'clock. You're probably driving home from work. You're probably getting amped up for Northwestern, Nebraska, Ireland. And who better to talk about it than the Husker Hall of Famer, Jay Foreman? What's going on, my man? Everything's all good in the hood, man. Like, look, the introduction, man, right there just got me hyped. Felt like I need to come out to a wrestling match. See? Know? That's what I do. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. You're the ultimate hype, man. I got to start taking you around with me, man. Give me a little <laughs> team you you know, make some NIL deals for your boy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you just let me know. You just let me know, and I will hype you up whenever you need it. Uh, Jay, Mark Whipple took to the podium today. Uh, and the biggest takeaway I had, the very first question that was asked from a reporter, who's the starting quarterback? He deflected, said that it was the head coach's role, said it was his job to name the starter. He's not going to say anything about it. I have a weird feeling that Scott Frost won't. How do you feel about the quarterback situation? Uh, I mean, you know, I, I think, you know, from everything I've heard, they feel, uh, you know, comfortable with both Casey and, and Chubba. Um, I'd, I'd assume, you know, Casey, you know, going off, you know, what I read and heard that it was his job to lose and he had kind of separated himself. So I, I'm assuming nothing of nothing has changed and he continued to, you know, play well and, assert himself in the locker room and so is Chubba, but I just think that, you know, maybe Casey's a little bit better right now considering his experience and, uh, you know, the, you know, he's made, you know, plays in the big 12 against, you know, real competition. So um, I'm sure, you know, look, I'm sure they're doing that to, you know, hold their cards close to themselves and, and, uh, 
hold as long as they can. But uh, I don't think that's any indication that they don't have a couple guys that they don't they don't feel comfortable with. Um, sure, you'd like to have the known starter and roll into the season, mm-hmm. you know, assuming or knowing who the guy is. But we right. just did that for four years. And you had a guy, you know, we had a competition in the spring, but they really didn't get to do it because Chubba was hurt. Um, obviously, they're trying to get Chubba caught up, caught up rep-wise as possible. And then, obviously, you know, get everybody ready to play. So, you know, it's, you know, I'm sure, you know, uh, Scott Frost is going to make the final decision. He is the head coach. He's gonna, I mean, he really realistically could make the final decision on everybody on the roster. He's the head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure, you know, it's going to be a, you know, collab effort where they're going to kind of, lean on each other and look what could work against Northwestern and moving forward and who they want to see start the season off. Is this just kind of the normal thing that Nebraska rolls with? Because I've talked about it on the block with Strick. I usually, Virginia Tech named their starter yesterday, so they're about two weeks, maybe a little bit over that, into the season. And they named a starter, and that's just kind of what I've always been used to. That's just kind of the program, and that's what they do. It sounds like Nebraska doesn't usually roll that way. Do you anticipate Frost here within the next few days is going to name a starter, or we're just going to find out when that first snap comes? Ooh, you know, that's a good question. Uh, well, it, you know, you know, different programs do different, do it different, mm-hmm. differently. Um, you know, I think last year, you know, you think, of, you know, Michigan State, you know, you know, Thorn won and, you know, he was named, you know, a little bit, you know, probably about the same time in camp. Everybody does it right about now because this is kind of like when you, you should, you should know by now. Uh, so, I mean, I'm sure they know internally, you know, who the starter is going to be and, you know, they have a, you know, they have their reasons why they, um, you know, want to hold it, you know, as much as possible. And so you got to kind of respect it and all that stuff. They got to, you know, you know, if they do things that are, you know, quote unquote, a little odd or something, um, they won't be as odd if they win. Now, if they don't win, then it's like, uh, you know, can you, you know, make an attribute of not being, you know, comfortable and being able to kind of move forward with the starter. You know, if he doesn't play well, but ultimately, I think everybody knows as of right now, it just hasn't been out on you know the press conferences or social media. So, um, yeah, either way, whatever they do, you know, realistically, you know, a lot of other things have to you know perform well and step up for the team to be successful, not only against Northwestern, but you know, for this whole season. So, you know, the quarterback truly this year is you know you know, just one position. Whereas, like, last year or years past, I think, you know, Adrian could make that, you know, dynamic play, so you could always just kind of, like, hedge your bets and wait on that. Now I think, that you know, you need a guy that can operate as a quarterback, play the position, play pitch and catch, think, uh, adjust, and, um, you know, continue to get, get better and lead. So, you know, whoever they pick is going to be interesting. But, uh, you know, the timing of it, is, you know, is kind of, you know, along with, you know, what they've always done, you know, with a lot of things. Um, I guess if I had to pick one, I assume that they're going to, you know, I think when they go to Ireland, they're only really going to be there three days before they play. So I assume, you know, you probably know that before you get on the plane, but, you know, you just you never know. Uh, kind of piggybacking off that and talking about the offense, Mark Whipple, also said he feels good about it. He feels good about the offense. But what was really interesting to me is he said that he's confident in four running backs that will play and then he threw in saying um, that Ramirez is going to be his fifth. I, I know he's going to play a little bit more slot this year, but it sounds like he, he's got a running back by committee 
At least that's what it sounded like to me. Are you a fan of that, or are you kind of more like a ground and pound ride with one guy? Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, in this situation, I think, you know, it technically could be, you know, by committee, but I'm sure they got a couple of guys that, you know, maybe have separated themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, there's got a couple other guys that deserve some carries. And I think when you have a, you know, Swiss Army knife and Ramirez that can do a lot of things, um, he gives you a lot of flexibility. So he can tote the pill if there, you know, there's a rash of, rash of injuries or if guys just aren't coming with it that day. Um, he can step up there. He can help you in the slot if you have some injury concerns or just need, you know, good production or a matchup, um, you know, advantage that we have. You can put him in the slot and he can do that. Um, so, you know, I think right now it's the best way to go. But ideally, you'd like to see one or two guys step up. And, and if one or two guys step up, that doesn't mean, you know, the three and four is just automatically going to go on the middle card. It's just that a couple other guys have truly separate themselves and the other guys have got to, you know, catch up and, you know, give a little breather here and there and then go from there. I'm sure every running back in that room would want, well, I hope they'd want to be the guy that totes the field 30 to 35 times a game. You know, in a lot of places, that's not the way college football goes. Um, but then also, um, it's just where we're at right now. But I'm going to tell you this, and you look at Michigan last year, they had two running backs, um, two different running styles, two different body types, um, that really, really separate themselves, and both of them played really, really well. One's in the NFL now, one's back, um, and so it can work. And so, uh, you know, if I was to tell the running back, I'd say keep at it. They've all must have really done a good job, you know, embracing the new kind of system or ideas of, you know, what they need to do as, as a running back uh, group to have four guys, uh, you know, be thought of to, you know, get carries and play time. So. You know, you got to give them credit. You got to give the coaches credit. And then, uh, you know, they'll be rewarded for it. You know, come uh, no question. I want to get Strick's opinion on this, too, because I know he's very adamant about this, and he's put the number at 150 rushing yards. If we're rolling with this four running back attack, or even if we're not, Strick says the way you got to beat Northwestern and the way you got to build confidence in this fan base, running the football. Where are you at on that? And I want Strick to chime in on this, too, because he – He's all about running the football. He's got his run the damn football, run the no, damn ball hat on. No, let me I'm okay let me caveat. That. Let me let me let me make sure I caveat that. I'm not saying you need to be super run happy going back to the old school Nebraska style. Oh. I'm saying in these first three games, I think it's imperative to minimize any opportunities to allow them to stay in the game. You want to pound them. You want to wear them down so that when you get into the second half of those games, you're then able to control it. You know you're able to move the ball. You're keeping your defense off of the field. And then ultimately, you have three games in order to establish that. Use your play action. And then when you get to Oklahoma, I said Oklahoma then doesn't know how to uh, prepare for you. Because you're 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 looking dominant in the run game. Now they have to decide on what they need to do on the defense, and they may be doing a different type of plan than coming in thinking you're going to throw the ball a hundred times. I mean, th- that's not necessarily the case. I'm just saying you understand what I'm saying. That's that's what I meant. Right, by right. Go yeah. ahead. I mean, I'm a hundred percent in there. You know, you got to want to have uh, an established running attack, and uh, you know, you might not run it. Obviously, you know, might not run it at the clip. That we ran it, you right. know, which is, you know, high percentage of the time, 70 some percent of the time. Um, but you want to be able to, you know, put on tape that you're able to establish a ground game that you're, you know, will be dedicated to it. 
um, and not just do it running out of you know necessity. Like you have to do it. Like it's an exercise of just going through running the ball. Whereas you want to, you know, hey, these guys could and do have the identity that they're going to line up and beat you up and be physical in a variety of ways. You could do it where you know you you run power plays, uh, you know, out of like a, a you know eleven personnel, which is one back and, and one tight end. You could do it. You could pass out of that, you know, like a 23 where you have two backs, three tight ends. You can run it from different formations. So you want to show the variety to do both and then go out there and execute it. Now, what you also want to do is to be able to establish some sort of rhythm on offense, which is run in pass and have enough offensive plays to where you're, I want to say getting practice, but you're, you know, you're using, you know, some of your playbook, but then also you're putting a lot on tape so they have even more to think about. But it all starts up front. You know, I think the best way to try to gel a young offensive line or an offensive line that needs continuity, better yet, that needs confidence, is give them some simple stuff to do, line up and beat some people up and start moving them. And it doesn't have to be, you know, the 60, 70-yard runs. And that's what people think, like, when you're really running the ball, you're, you know, you're hitting them with five yards of carry, then you hit a 30-yarder, and then next thing you know, you didn't ran for 400 yards, right? Uh, and then conversely, you don't want – you don't – well, you do want a, a big explosive run to obviously, you know, have, you know, be great in the stat book, but you don't want to have full gold stats in the running department. Whereas, say, like you have three explosive plays and then, you know, the other 20 carries, you're running at a 2.1 yard a clip, you know, because defensively, if I'm looking at that, I'm looking at, hey, look, as long as we don't give up explosive plays, these guys can't move anybody off the ball and we're, you know, we're going to do fine against the run. So, you know, um, you know, you know, Eric's right. You know, the, the running attack and, and, and being able to establish it is huge. You know, for the, you know, for the psychology of the team, psychology of the players, psychology of the coaches, the fans, and just the overall long term, which is this season, success of the season. You got to be able to. If you think you're just gonna, and, and this is not what Coach Whipple's gonna gonna do, but if you think. You're going to try to go Air America in the Big Ten, and then next thing you know, late October and all through November, you think you're going to pull off some games. Um, you know, you're, you're in for a rude awakening because here's, here's what people don't understand. When you're physical up front with your offensive line or conversely your defensive line, it makes the other counterpart that you're going against ideally just as physical. So when you have to play against the team, Iowa or Wisconsin, it's not just about stopping their run. It's about us being able to run the ball and establish some sort of uh, realistic and I call, you know, um, generic run game. I mean, the handoff. That means, you know, not the stuff that where you're kind of duping them into a big play. I'm talking about where you can run, you know, a regular handoff, you know, and, and get some good yards and get some good movement on the offensive line. So, um, it's something I'm sure they're working at. I'm sure they're going to try to establish. Uh, but, you know, say if Northwestern tries to load up against us, um, it's safe to say that we're going to have to try to loosen them up with the, you know, the passing game. So ultimately, you always got to take, you know, what they give you. But you know, ultimately, you can also force their hand uh, by beating them up up front. Jay, we're talking about the running backs. Uh, Coach Applewhite also took to the podium. I'm going to play a soundbite from from his interview today, and I just kind of want to know your initial thoughts. So I'll go ahead and play that now, and just kind of let me know what you think. What's your biggest takeaway? What are your thoughts after hearing that? I mean, I like it. Uh, you know, um, I like it. You know that he, you know, he's new to it, so he, you know, I'm good. That I'm glad that he's going off what he knows now, um, or what he's experiencing now in the present day, and not something that you know he's been told or kind of, 
you know, uh, and brainwash of what, what it's like before. Um, and, you know, he, you know, he's telling you, look, they've been working hard and, and the vibe is good. And, and for him coming from the outside, which is another university, I think is really good as well. So, um, you know, I think it's good. I think it's all pointing in the right direction. Um, I'm sure he's excited to see, you know, these guys go out there just and, and, and play well and, and get some fruits of their labor because they've been working hard at it. I'm sure that, you know, the players are excited, the coaches are excited, the fans are excited. So I think right now they just are, you know, kind of in that weird holding pattern where, where they're ready, you know, to jump out of the box and, and get after some people um, and see how it works out. I, a big conversation we always talk about is culture. Does that give you a little bit more confidence that kind of the culture is maybe shifting a little bit within the program? Yeah, I think, that, you know, the culture is fine. I think, that, you know, your best culture is when you start winning. Now, you, yeah. you know, how do you get there? Chicken and egg. Are you, are you doing the little things outside of, you know, every day of practice to get better? Are you really looking at your tape, you know, with the, you know, you know, you know, fine comb and looking at your weaknesses and, and, and trying to work on something every day and, and going to practice with a purpose and practicing, you know, with the, you know, with the plan and the passion and not just going to practice to participate. Those are individual questions that everybody's got to, you know, answer, you know, and ultimately it's one thing to go out there and practice, you know, you know, in Lincoln or wherever it is. But, um, the biggest thing is, um, they got to go out there and play well. And the, the best way to kind of give you a higher percentage of playing well is to practice well. But you got to practice effectively, and you and you and there's a and there's a there's a difference, and and you know you can't explain it, but you just know it. Um, and so you'll see it, you know, rather early, you know. And then I think also the way they practice, and you can lean on a little bit of culture. And the first time they face some adversity, that's uh, reminiscent of what happened before. You know, do they, you know, kind of like, oh, well, here we go again? Or do they say, you know what, all right, that happened. We're going to move on and we're going to make it right. So, you know, time will tell. And uh, it's a long season that goes by quick. Um, but, you know, what they do on, on the practice field is really going to be uh, a big factor in that. Jay, we got to go to break. Are you good to hang out with us a little bit longer or do you, do you got to go? Yeah. yeah, I can do one more. All right, perfect. Well, where, well, how about this? We'll talk about the new Big Ten media contract because that's kind of the news of the day. Uh, a lot's going down with that. So again, Jay Foreman, uh, usually here on Old School, uh, he's out of the uh, out of the studio here today, but luckily he's able to join us here for this five o'clock hour. So we'll get into that. The Big Ten media contract, kind of the media deal. It's big. We're talking billions and billions of dollars. Really big move for the Big Ten. Should benefit Nebraska here in the long term. Again, Jay Foreman joining us. We'll get into that after this. You're listening to Old School. I'm 3-7 Ticket.